Hello and welcome back to another episode of the CrossFit Hour podcast. This is episode number 90 and today we've got Sachi. Sachi, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. First question that always goes out is what brought you to CrossFit Harrow? Um, to CrossFit Harrow specifically, um, I got a new job in the area. So uh, I was looking for a place to sort of, you know, hang my boots and, and kick off. My, my, uh, my missus does CrossFit okay. over in, in East London. And I've been to her do it a few times and I've thought, it looks mental <laughs> and I thought there's no way I hopped, I hopped in on exercise once on a, on a workout and um, I actually really liked it she'd done a couple of workout competitions a couple of opens and stuff and I think everyone seems so nice and the community spirit seems really high probably a great, great way to start by the way yeah so, so I, I knew I was maybe it's, for some people I think it's nice to know what you're getting in for <laughs> yeah, others yeah. it's not but the, the uh, yeah I mean if you if that's your first ever time on doing it and uh, workout wise you might think holy fuck but in terms of like yeah. who's around you what's around you the atmosphere yeah the community's like there's people get involved that are really yeah. nice and I've um, obviously I've been coming here for a while but I've, I'm yet to meet a person who's not nice that does it yeah 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 um, that's good and, but like you say it can go the other way I remember when I, I did the first workout that she did and we both got in the car after and then she was like what do you want for dinner and I sat my head against the window it's like <laughs> just don't look at me for like 20 minutes <laughs> but uh, and then because I then got a job in the area here um, I wanted to find a place that I could try and do it myself. Yeah, and yeah. Luckily for me, this is on the doorstep. So yeah. Amazing. Um, so with with regards to, to fitness, um, has it always been a part of you like growing up? Have you always been very sporty, active? Sporty, yeah. Um, I got into, my dad's a huge cricket fan, loves okay. cricket. So I started playing cricket when I was younger in secondary and cricket wasn't as popular. Everyone wants to be a football player. Yeah, most up. guys growing up, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I turned into that. But uh, <laughs> when I was playing cricket at school, because no one else really played it, when I was in like year nine, I played like the year 10s and the year 11s and stuff. And then when I was about 14, 15, I just got into football. One of my mates from school played for Wheelstone. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so um, I remember I went training with him once and I'd never played properly. I'd watched it and never played it properly. And I'd end up with like two difficult socks on, like shin pads on the wrong legs. Wrong way around. Yeah, trying to, trying to kick this ball, trying to bowl at everyone and tell me off. Um, <laughs> so, I, but then, and then because of that, I got into just all sports. And then I, at school, I'd want to go and play like basketball or tennis or badminton in PE. I used to love PE. Yeah. So sport-wise, I was into that massively. Fitness came a bit, a bit later. A bit, a bit later. Yeah. Um, and did you, obviously with the accent, did you grow up in London? Or? No, so I was born in the Wirral, um, which is like, I don't see Liverpool. People from Liverpool know why. People from London don't. So it's kind of like if you're from Wofford and you say you're from London, right? Okay. And then people say, "Why oh, you're from London?" You go Wofford, and you go, "That's Wah. not that." All right. So it's like it's gotcha. like the same the same thing. But uh, yeah, I was born in the world, moved to London. I was eight, and then uh, yeah, so been here, been here settled since. school, obviously primary school. Yeah. Do you think was that a big change for you moving from 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 there to here? Yeah, I think being I was only eight, and then like when you're that young you've got all your mates and stuff and it's just it's at the end of the world isn't it yeah, if you yeah, left everyone yeah. you've ever known <laughs> oh and yeah you can't believe it and then especially because it was a bit of a shock in terms of like the city's very different i think when you're that small as well i think um it was just different in, in different ways i think yeah, like yeah, yeah. coming to london it was more where i where i grew up in the world and my mum, well, I'm from like a mixed race background. So my mum was white, both my older brothers were white. In my primary school, I was like one of two non-white children in this school. And uh, I remember my 
think my final year before I left, they had like the news come in or something. Well, not for me, but they come in. <laughs> oh, look at him. No, uh, they come in and um, they had a picture. It's like the paper or whatever. And it was my class on the, on the, in the paper, oh, but right. it was a black and white photo. So all the other, you can see all these other children. Now I just like this little mark, bottom oh of this corner, you can't, you can't see me. That's so bad. But, um, but then when I moved to London, I think it was more multicultural straight away. And, and I come here because my dad's from London. My dad's Sri Lankan, so straight away I met that side of my family more. And then I, had, I went to um, primary school near Rainers Lane. Okay. I think it's near Rainers Lane now. Near Sudbury Hill, like yeah, yeah, around yeah. the corner. And um, my, I went there because my cousins went there. So I had people that I knew. But it was just, uh, yeah, when you're that small, you think everything's crumbling. Do, do you keep in touch? Is there anyone that you keep in touch with? When you, do you remember, like... From the, from the from when you had friendship at school? Or they, yeah, like, yeah, so I've got, I've got a couple of them on Insta. I think Insta's good like that. You can, you can find people after a long it's time. It's an up-to-date I've, I've Facebook, known, right? There's one girl on there that I've known her since, like, nursery, because her mum was friends with my mum. Right. So I've known her for literally, like, my whole life. And a couple of the other lads that I knew from, from primary school, so I pop, pop up and talk to them every now yeah. and then. I, I can imagine it being quite difficult, but um, I guess over time and supportive parents and stuff, you can adjust. Because it can, obviously, stuff like that can go both ways, right? Yeah, I think um, because I had two older brothers as well, it was nicer. And they're like much older. So my, my oldest brother now is, uh, God, God, what is he? He was born in, in 78, so he's 44, and the other one's 42. And then one of them had lived in London when I moved to London. So it made a bit of an easy transition. Yeah. And then uh, even though they're older than I am, they were always looking after me. When you're like 16 and so your mum's had a baby, you think, oh, I can't bother for this again. But they were always supportive and yeah, looking after me. Yeah, because they're quite a bit older, right? That's, yeah, yeah, massively. Yeah. So they were like, we was in secondary school when I was born. Wow. And then, um, but they used to like sit and play games with me and stuff and look That's after good. me. Yeah, my, I'm really close to my brothers. Yeah. And like, as a family, we're quite tight knit. Because I know I used to see my dad really in living in the world. He'd, he'd get the train down to Liverpool every weekend because he obviously worked in London to come down every weekend, see me, go back. So then when I moved to London, obviously I see him more. And that still happens to a lot of people, right? That one, both parents or, or one will work in London and then travel. Yeah. Or, or even from even further. Out about, yeah. Because yeah. like when I uh, used to get, mum used to drive. So I'd drive to London, but then my dad used to laugh at you because you used to fly to like Liverpool, uh, John Lennon Airport, because yeah, it's just yeah, quicker. Yeah. You just fly from where. And sometimes I would imagine the, the, the flights would be quite cheap, right? Yeah, back then, yeah, probably. And you're still in the UK. <laughs> yeah. Don't you need a passport? You just walk up. Can I just pop to Liverpool? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, go. This way. <laughs> um, and you're, you, you chose, uh, well, your occupation is, is primary school teacher. It is, yeah. Teaching quite teach young kids. Year two, yeah, so they're six and seven. What, what, um, what made you get into to teaching? Uh, my beer. <laughs> no, it wasn't the beer. Um, I kind of, I fell into it almost. It wasn't, it was never something I thought I'd do. Um, I went to uni and did sports studies. Okay. Because I used to love PA and I thought, right, because I like PA, I don't mind playing sport or doing something around sport for a living. Did you do the whole sixth form? Yeah, I did sixth form, I did A-level, I did B-Tech sports, sociology and psychology. And then, um, Applied to go to Southampton. And you so did it around here, right? I went to Norfolk High. Oh, yeah. That's so, yeah, not yeah. too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I thought <clears throat> I would be a secondary school PE teacher because I thought in terms of sports, it, it's a bit more... Just lined up, right? Yeah, and it's and it's it's always, I thought, even when you do it in school, it's more sort of technical, it's more 
advanced. In primary school now, it's like, you know, catching, throwing, balance, like the simple things that you obviously need to know. But when you get to secondary, it's more like well, awareness they are, Which is interesting enough, although so simple. You don't know so, it. But neither do yeah. adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is, it is shocking. The amount of times I'm on break duty and they just run into each other, like face, because <laughs> there's no spatial awareness. Yeah. There's just nothing. But... um I wanted to get into sports. I thought, I like that, I'll do that. And then I only really went to uni because I got in as well. I think oh, I was really? kind of in riding the coattails. <laughs> um, I just, I got in. I applied for sports science. I didn't get into that one. I needed more UCAS points when they well, were- I think the, you've got to get double science for that, don't you? Yeah, or, or you, I had to do A science. So I didn't do like biology or chemistry or anything. Um, so I did a foundation degree. So I was at uni for four years, come out with sports studies. And then I come out and was like, now what do I do? I suppose, to be fair, something that I think a lot of sporty males kind of naturally progress into because they think, you know, you think the options of once you've got that degree could be, obviously there's more, maybe more studying, but like you can move into uh, physiotherapy, you can move mm -hmm. into PE teaching, secondary school. Yeah, one of, my, one of my mates who did an NHS course is now an osteopath. Mm. And then one of my other mates who did sport is a biology teacher. Because in the, in the course, um, I mean, I only know this because uh, after three months after quitting, we got a letter through. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you get to, ch you kind of get a, a choice of where you want to, what route yeah. you want to go down, yeah. be more specific. So I really liked, I'm doing it from A level, I loved psychology. I used to find it really interesting. Yeah, yeah, very interesting subject. Um, so I chose to do sports psychology in my last two years and then did sociology as well. And I did like sociology of extreme sports in my final year. And that just sounds really interesting. Yeah, well, and I remember getting there and was like, I don't like this now. What extreme sports like? It was like sort of snowboarding and yeah. like all those things that you could possibly die doing basically. And um, I thought it sounded really, really cool. And then maybe it was because of the lad that did it, I didn't get on with him. Cause then I just didn't, I didn't click. Well, I think I would agree to say that your experience, anyone's experience at school is, is highly dependent on who they're being taught by. Yeah. Or in that particular subject. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't click on it and I was like, I'm not gonna do that anymore. But obviously it's my final year, so I have to go or get like attendance or whatever. And I remember graduating and he was the guy that said my name at the, at the ceremony. And I went up and I went, you didn't think you'd see me here, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Just started laughing. He went, no, you, you, what can you, you say? You stuck it out. That was it. But, um, and then when I, when, I, when I graduated, I come out and I used to work in um, a bar before I went to uni, I worked in the bar for a couple of years. Came back, didn't know what I was going to do. Messaged the manager, go back to the bar for a bit. And this is all London, this is all this here? This is all yeah, London, yeah, this yeah. was in Uxbridge. Okay. Go back to the bar for a bit. When I left, I was like supervising them. So I'd been working a couple of years. I knew the way it worked. I went back, um, did that for a bit longer. And then my partner at the time was working with an agency as like a special needs TA. So in, she'd get dotted around different schools. You kind of choose your hours because he'd call you and say, oh, we need a person here today. Can you make it? Yes or no? And then she's like, you should just do that just for a bit because it's a bit more money as well. And it's just something nice did, to do. Did you have to do your PGC? No, no, not for that one. You didn't know. You just had to like get your CRB done. So get your current background checked on. They would have given you whatever you were teaching. You'd... Yeah, it'd be, well, that wasn't covering classes. That was just one to one. Oh, right. So okay. that was specifically I would go in. And it was specifically children with special educational needs. So like it could be children with autism or Asperger's yeah, yeah. anything like that. And then you just go in and it usually the day would be like, you go in, oh, I'm, I'm so-and-so from the agency because so-and-so's not in, uh, what do you need me to do? And then you just try and do it and, and see how it fares. And then I did that for a couple of years 
obviously summer I was around to go back to the bar I got a new bar in Shoreditch now I'm moving up in the world I'm in uh, East London and then um, <laughs> get a call out for another another day job at the school and I go yeah I'll, I'll pop over and then I was there for like a year and then they said to me oh this opportunity has opened up to do PDCA or do you teach training would you want to give it a go and I was like yeah I don't mind yeah I'll try it and then done nothing else since how was it working um, with kids with special needs? Is it is is it a very rewarding but challenging job? Yeah, yeah. I, that's the, the best way to put it. I think yeah. um, I think with teaching in, in general, I think obviously in special needs, there's a lot more that you need to do. I think it's nicer because when you're like one to one, you literally know how that child ticks. If I'm not in them one day and like they have something happens, you know why it happened because I wasn't there and I didn't. They, they maybe did something different to yeah. what they were supposed to do, and I think it's um, nicer to just know what's going on. But in teaching in general, I think the cons are quite high, but the rewards are so like satisfying. Yeah, and they're really the pure because it's, it's what you do and you do because you like it at the end of the day. So. The, the outweigh mm. that. My uh, girlfriend works with similar children and it is a very rewarding job. So she'll you know, often get uh, sent videos of uh, the kids that she's working with who are exercise, or she would have gone through like certain exercises with that, that child. Mm -hmm. uh, generally kids with cerebral palsy. Yeah. So limited range of motion, maybe not be able to walk in certain ways, and then she'll work with them for a little while, and then like their parents will send them videos, send her videos of like the kids They're like running or jumping yeah. or like skating. And you're like, wow. And she said she was like, it is it like it, it touches your heart how much it yeah. improves people's lives. I think it's the it's the um, I'm with that. It's seeing it's seeing those changes. I mm. think it's realizing that you did something. I yeah. think it's it's. Um, it can be quite grueling at times if you kind of if you're doing something and you you feel like you're doing it to death and nothing's happening and nothing's yeah. changing. It's hard doing getting up doing the same thing yeah. every day and and but but also <clears throat> for the parents though like you know for the individual um, as a child that gets to the point where they start to understand that there are those disabilities there are they mm -hmm. are different or they're seen to be different um, and opportunities you know they can't do certain things that other children do they start yeah. to notice that more. But also as a parent it must be pretty pretty hard to yeah to uh even accept accept well. yeah 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 i think there's there's times where i've had to have quite difficult conversations with with parents yeah if they're not sort of accepting if their child has like additional needs or has other needs to other children it's a very hard conversation it's not yeah it's not ideal yeah but i think it's it, i read this thing a while back and it was like being treated fair and being treated equals is, is different so it was like you can't treat everybody equally if like the the needs are different yeah. it's about treating them fairly because obviously it's, there's times where I'll do something it, in class or yeah. oh that's not fair they're doing this I'm like right but it's fair to their needs yeah it's it's that's the way that, that that's life, we're right? learning yeah massively I think the mass the biggest thing with um, teaching children I think sometimes I forget it because I've I've not been teaching six years this long I was like in year four and year three so they're eight and nine they're a bit older it's they have to be let them be children but then you realise that you are preparing them for like the world as well. Yeah. Like you're, you're teaching little people. <laughs> yeah, they will yeah, go yeah. and become people. Yeah. And it's a mad thing to think about. Just in that moment, they are the like, you know, three, four, five, yeah. whatever they are. But they are li they're like little, hu they're little like humans. They'll never be that small again. Yeah. And then the next day, they'll be that small again. And they just keep going. And it, it's, it's, a, it's 
and like you said, so rewarding. It's really enjoyable. And I'll have a day where I spoke to my missus, my missus is a primary school teacher as well. And there's days where like, oh, this is tough here. But then there's days where something happens and it just cracks you up and you remember why you're, why you're, why doing, you're doing it. it. Yeah, and it, they're the best ones. Did, did uh, was this job affected by the whole 18 months of COVID? Did you have to do online learnings, anything like that? Yeah, so we, we um, in the school I was working in and when it was like the, the longer lockdowns, they were like a Google school ever. So they had like Google Classroom. So all okay. the kids had Google logins. So we went straight into Google Classroom. So we were teaching them lessons online. Um, they had obviously, were still open for key worker children. And then because my school was in Stratford at this point, so because I was living in West London, I wasn't going in. So in my year group, there were four teachers. So two of them would go in and rotate with the key worker kids and me and another teacher would teach online. So Do you think was, that made you a better teacher? Yeah, definitely. Because I think you have to think outside the box yeah. massively. Getting that message across. Yeah, and it's um, it was in, in ways you could, you could interact with them more because I had all four classes, all three classes in one big call. Yeah. The would, names would their parents be on there as well? Some of them would be. Or in I the background? In the background, yeah. Usually their parents would, some of them would go logging in, needed help, parents would sort them out. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't imagine a four-year-old to be like, mum, just getting a laptop yeah, out. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, to be but fair. On, on tablets will do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if they I will, said yeah. Lo load Candy Crush right now, it's like that. Yeah. But if yeah, it's it, DMFs, it, not Scooby. <clears throat> they, uh, the world is growing so fast with that kind of stuff. I think because of that now, though, the it's like, with us, like if our mum or dad ask us to sort the laptop out of the computer out, we can do that. Because we, we sort of grew up with it. Yeah. Whereas they've been born and it's it. already there. Yeah, yeah. So their understanding of it, they get it like that. Like I was teaching computing the other day, like coding lessons. And there's a lesson there, yeah. But I can just say to them, just go and have a go. And they just whiz. They just, yeah, yeah. Because they They're just expert. want to do it. So it's well, a lot nicer. I, I listened, uh, I, I listened, I heard, um, there's a guy that I listen to on Instagram and YouTube watches, I follow his stuff quite a lot, Gary Vaynerchuk, you've maybe heard of him, maybe he's an American yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he has his own media company and everything else. And he said the other day that, um, I, I think certain age groups, like especially like the 14 to like, well not 14, but young, like the 15 to 19, 21 age group, get a lot of stick for like maybe being lazy, like in now. Mm -hmm. And he's like, they're not lazy. They just got options. Yeah. And he went in to be like, they have got options that we never had growing up. We learned, as you just said, we learned with the internet. Yeah. They, they, they're getting up and you know, explore. They're thinking, oh, I can make like two hundred fifty thousand pound a year on YouTube. Why would I go and go to university, get a degree, and do all that stuff? Yeah, for, it is mad. For thirty, forty, fifty, six, whatever. And it's very interesting to see that. And I, there's also these like. Um, NFTs, have you heard of those? Yeah. That are coming out, like yeah. this whole visual artwork. And with Facebook kind of leading that, actually, do you know that? No. Facebook are leading that, because they've changed their name to, to Meta. Meta, yeah, yeah, Which yeah. is the it's Meta like world. It's like the infinity thing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's the Meta world. So soon, I think it'll be a case of like us being able to like watch, this, being, be in the cinema, but you're not in the cinema. Yeah. Kids are learning this stuff. It's, it is mental. Kids are learning this stuff on the computers. It's it's crazy. It's like it's like my, like Minecraft, Roblox, all these like the games they play and stuff, and they just surpass anything. Because then like they like kids' games, but then you can then write a code to make it 
sort of your own game in that game and do and do all these, sorts these children like no matter what age six because they're learning that they're, they're yeah. on YouTube or they're finding it out on the internet they're using tablets like the, the tablets are very easy for kids to use yeah computers were hard I remember going I remember growing up and having Windows 95 yeah uh, there was even one before that I can't remember what it was but definitely Windows 95 and I must have fucked up that computer so much Downloading yeah. LimeWire. LimeWire was the um, one, yeah, yeah. Just trying to like reset the computer for all the, the bugs I'd put on it. Yeah. And I learned a little bit about computers then, but the kids now just, it's very simple. just know it. Open a tab, close it. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but what my point was is that even at the age of like six, seven, they're growing up around technology and things become a lot easier. Like learning for, for them in different, like it's very different to how we learn. Yeah, I think, and then it, it meant that like I said, I had to get more creative, but then you can also use more resources. Yeah. So we were like, essentially as a teacher, you have to constantly think on your feet anyway. Well, in some way, more tech-based would be more appealing to them. Yeah, they want to get involved more. So like I did, um, I did a music lesson. So I was teaching music before we left and they like, they all learn ukulele in class. And then like the- Is that one of your skills? Can you play that? I've learned a couple, <laughs> I, I bought one in lockdown to learn a song just to play in the music lesson. But um, I did a lot of cushion drumming. Okay. Sick lesson on that. But <laughs> sure. it was like, they then had, so I thought, okay, music, music lesson. How can I teach music online? How can you teach music? So I had to like make up those random things, but then you can find like, oh, there's a game here. I'll put that link in the chat. Go away and play that game, come back or garage brand. Go away and make something with that and come back. And it's just about being creative and being flexible and just yeah. trying new things out. But at the time, obviously, I was still a, I was a student at that point, so I could realistically, I can just try things because if it don't work, you just you like you could put that as feedback. Like, yeah, you know. like I'm just learning, you know, how I go. Like obviously, people that have been teaching by twenty odd years, I think they sometimes are more rigid. Mm. So yeah, and well, I guess you get your own certain. Um, everyone's got their own style of teaching, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And maybe not the nicest thing to say, but I guess the, the longer someone's been teaching, the harder it is to change that habit of teaching. Yeah, it's, there's people I've, I think it's just people, I've met people that are like so open to try and do things and changing them. And then it's, it's tough when you go into workplaces as the new person and like the younger person. Cause then like I've had, there's been places where my mates are like, you go into a classroom with like a TA in there has been in there for like 50 years. <laughs> And you don't want to tell this person what, like as you go in as a classic, you don't want to tell them what to do if you're changing because they, they've been there longer than you've been like alive. Yeah, yeah. So you don't feel like you've got any right almost or authority yeah. to tell them how to, to do things. And there's been times like some people, they don't like it. People, people don't be like told what to do. It's very true. Nowadays they don't like change. Yeah, but um, I think overall, or even like COVID in general, a lot of people have had to just change yeah. regardless. Of, yeah, yeah, whether you like anything, it or not. yeah. Um, but it's, you know, as you know, there's a lot of teachers here and I always ask the question about it, making them a better teacher and stuff. And how are the kids, how have the kids responded to learning? Have they, um, are they almost like, nah, not, not, not don't want to do it? Or have they been more open to different ways and new styles? Since COVID Since, or? yeah. I think um, they are more, after like the, the bigger lockdown, they are more open to everything. So just happy to be back into class. Mm. I think for a lot of them, like, um, you don't know what the home life is like. You don't know if they've got like siblings or anyone they can do with at home if mum and dad are still work and then they're just doing nothing. So yeah. they enjoy being back in class. And I think because of that, they wanted to learn. And it was then, the, the hardest part about COVID I think was drawing the line between home and school. Cause they can come into school and do all the things you have to do 
and then go home and unwind. But now you're learning at home. So that line has now been crossed. And it's hard to then shut off when you've got back home now. Yeah. And even in school, it's hard to switch on and be like, I'm back in school now. And, that, that's, and that's very interesting you say that because that's happening from children as, as little as six, five, six, right? Yeah. All the way to you know, people 40, 50, 60 years of age. Because they were all logging on or getting online yeah, yeah. to Zeus and learning there's, somehow. There's no, but also <clears throat> the social skills that they lack yeah. or, or they haven't developed yet, which could cause problems for a lot of individuals growing up right yeah um hard maybe harder to teach harder to um for them to be part of a group harder them harder for them to be told no mm-hmm. those kind of things i have um yeah there's always like children that you'll remember or you'll know because of those issues i think um i was told the other day that i'm quite an emotional teacher but not in not like I think it was more that I um in I know their emotions kind of. So I think because when I went from interviews to get this new job, it was like, what would you think your biggest thing is to look out for kids now? And I was like, I said just like how they are. Because he's been locked in the houses for like three years on and off. Yeah. They haven't been out like the days of playing out are nearly dead. You're not you don't go out and play football anymore, you play FIFA with your mates and like you don't do these social things anymore. Yeah, I mean I'm sh- I got to a lot of mischief, like growing up. Yeah, know, like knocking on people's doors, doors. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. just putting things stupid, in letterboxes. Yeah, you just, it's just, but it's it's part but of growing up. Yeah, it's it's it, they don't do that. Nah, anyway. it's what the whatever the games are. Uh, you said them before. The uh, like Roblox and Minecraft and yeah. Fortnite and all that. All and, that and, stuff. and obviously the whole FIFA stuff. But they'd rather stay in, right? Yeah, I think it's they built like they have relationships, but then they're not social in a way. So like they know people, like they'll chat to them on games and stuff, but then they don't know how to like be with people. And obviously these are like my my are like like six and seven. But if someone almost like it's like the little catty stuff, like the nitty gritty stuff. It's like, oh they oh they stuck the tongue out at me or they pinched me. Yeah. Like like that stuff like that's just like being young. But then they're not almost learning how to deal with it because they're not putting themselves in them situations in yeah. like their own time and like going out and playing with their mates in school and like in the street and stuff. What, what would be your uh, favoured age group to teach? Is it? It's middle, I'd say middle school. It's so like, like five, year five and year four. Or year four and three, sorry. Because of the response that they're able, like the interaction? Yeah, I think they're a bit older. I think I don't want to go, I wouldn't go five and six because they're just, they're just probably too old. I did a placement in year six and like the kids are like, they're all right. They're just, they're, they're, um, they're cheeky, which I like it. They're more savvy. But then when you get older, I feel like they start to have more of an opinion about education and more about what they're capable of. So if I got to year six and for five years, they had a teacher that kind they of- They didn't excel it with. Yeah, and they kind of said like, you know, we'll, we'll label them in a way and said, you're this, you're that or whatever, like, oh, you're, oh, you're staying at break through this, that. And they've, by the time they get to year six, they've got an opinion of what they're capable of and what they can do. The younger they are, they're more moldable and they appreciate it more when you make a big deal out of something. Like I've, my wall in class is full of all the drawings the kids have done me. Some of them are dead goods. Some of them are just circles, but they're on the wall because they need to know that like they're valued and what you, they've given you, you appreciate that. And, and regardless then, of whether they think it's good or yeah, bad. Yeah, exactly. Like, and because that's the thing, they'll get onto each other about like, oh, that's just, that's rubbish. And I'm like, well, no, I really like it actually. I think that's really good. They tried really hard there. 
So at the moment, this is my first time in Kisses One, and I found it really difficult to, to adjust at first because they are that small. So like little things like, oh, so-and-so stuck the tongue out at me. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> to me, that's not a massive deal. To them, that's the end of the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. So and I, I wasn't trying to adjust and, and <clears throat> deal with that. I've gotten better now, but then like, so year three and year four, they're just a bit more, they've got a bit more about, they've been in the world longer. They've developed a bit more skills. You kind of have more of a conversation with them on the, the level that you would do, I think. <laughs> yeah. And, and as a teacher, have you been able to uh, separate yourself from work? Like, you know, because it's, it's work has been brought home, been able to get that balance, that fine line. No, I don't think so. No. No. I think, I think that's why I, I, I enjoy coming here because I come after work. And I don't think about what I'm doing. I mean, when you're throwing a ball at a wall, you can't think of much else but getting that ball up there. But um, it's one of them things, which is which is why I said like the the uh, pros and cons list can can be so close. Yeah. But the pros are so like rewarding that you don't think about the cons too mm. much. I think it can take a lot out of here. I think I didn't realize how much it can take out of here because you think. I had to do like a safeguarding training the other day. And you just think to yourself when you're getting into it, like you, you teach you teach math, seeking the science, teach all subjects. You have a nice time enjoying it and then you, and then you go home. But then you go home and I'm planning lessons the next day. I'm thinking about something that a child said to me and is that sound right with what they've said to me previously? Like it's uh, it's tough to switch it off. Yeah, but I suppose you've got 30 kids and having 30 different profiles for yeah. each child. No two children are going to learn the same. No, definitely not. And it's just, and then that's what I mean. It's like, that's why I used to enjoy one-to-one as much as I did because you just you just know one child in and out. And and that's so rewarding because then, like Connie says, you can see the changes and you yeah, can yeah, see yeah. them growing day-to-day because of the work you're doing together. Yeah, yeah. It's tougher with 30 of them because then they're on different levels. People um, excel at different rates. Yeah, you wouldn't know the more as well, obviously, on a one-to-one basis. Mm. But it's, uh, you're always just thinking about it. So even like, I, even today I was driving back to mine today and I went, oh, I forgot, I've got a plan. I've got a plan art for, for spring one when I get back. I've got a plan of lessons. It's, it's, for, it's just non-stop. Yeah, there's days where like, obviously like, if I get, I think to me as well, it can be time management. So if I get, I get days to plan and stuff and if I get them done, then I'm all right to just chill out and, and do nothing else. But And as a teacher, do you, do you do well with uh, the time off in terms of like being able to go and explore new places, take the time back for you completely? Like, although it might be in the back of your mind, you get that time to be like, I'm on holiday, like the teacher's holiday. Yeah, yeah. I got, I've gotten better at it, I think, because I've only been, this is my second year now after I passed my PGC. So I think when you're just getting involved, when you're starting, you want to show that you're like quite willing. So you don't really know where the line is because you want to be like oh yeah no I'll put me out of I'll do that I don't I'll do 100 hours this week yeah that's it well after school club yeah yeah, yeah. No, I'll be there breakfast yeah that's it oh dinner tea I'm all over <laughs> yeah. it but um, as I've gotten on to it more I've gotten better at like like even the weekend gone or whatever I'm like I'm not looking at my emails I don't I don't log on to my emails on my phone anymore because I did, I did it in my old school and then you just ping through obviously if they send all staff I'm getting it Nothing to do with me, but I've got to get it. So but it's, it's, a, it's the best way. It's, it is a, a, the best way. Um, with, with those teacher holidays in mind, uh, have you, I mean, granted the world situation now, have you got places in the world lined up that you want to be like, I want to go and explore here? 
Um, I want to go to Australia this coming. Sorry, I don't know if it'll happen. I, w- I was going to go. My brother lives out there. All oh, right. And um, he's lived... My brother's travelled all over the place. And he's always been, like, a person that if he's somewhere, I could go and see him. So he lived in Australia a couple of years ago in Melbourne. I went to see him there. Then he went and lived in Brazil in the Pantanal, like the jungle. Oh, wow. And he managed the lodge there because his wife was Swiss and it was her dad's lodge. So I went there for, like, six weeks out the summer. Wow. So I've only been to, like, places... Where well, it takes you ages to get to. Two so you, very you've good got to. Yeah, so I don't. I haven't. I've been to like, sort of like little all these. I've been like. I've been to Spain. I've done Italy. Um, I've done Greece. Went to Prague for a stag. That was really good. Yeah, I've done Prague. Um, but uh, I went to Brazil and Australia, and they were just mad. What did mad you? Places. Which one did you prefer? Oh, um, I'd say Brazil because for, it was food. Food was good. It was. I was in the jungle. Like I was in the jungle. So really? So it was. I can show you a picture of the plane after. It was a two-person plane, and I sat in the front to get there. So the guy's turning, and the steering wheel in front of me is moving, and he's looking at me. I'm looking at my brother like, do I do I do I, do I, do I turn this? Like I don't know, because it was so remote. It was mad. Like you had to fly. We did a week in Sao Paulo, and um, that was weird. Because we said like an Airbnb, like a nice part of South Paulo, could get like an Uber through the city. My brother, because it's so remote, they grow their own, they brew their own bread or whatever it's called, get the yeast and make all the bread and stuff. And you could only get it in like the, the ghetto part of Sao Paulo. Yeah, get. it's not a nice place. Like, no, it's there's like dangerous. it's almost like you know, like city, you've seen City of God. No, it's like a line, and you cross that line, it completes turns into a completely different place. And we got a, got a cab there, and I remember going through and like pull it by chance 50 cent is on the radio like pumping and there's these cars doing donuts now there's graffiti all over the walls there's people like with them big trailers picking up plastic and it's in brazil my brother's white and i'm like obviously mixed race i've got a tan so i look like i'm from there yeah, yeah and yeah. he's the tourist yeah and we get there and everyone's looking at me and looking at him i put my phone in my sock and they're looking at me like i know what i'm doing but you have to do that right i've, I've i was just like i don't know what I'm doing here. And he can speak a bit Portuguese, brother, because obviously he went to order stuff to make this bread. So he's gone in there with a list. And they're looking at him like he just he shouldn't speak this language. They're looking at me like hey, I should be translating. Yeah. We went out for a drink and someone came to me and started talking to me in Portuguese. And I had to look at him and he had to come over and translate for me. And then the person just looked so disappointed in me. Yeah. <laughs> like, so you're supposed to. Yeah. Know. I expected better from you, man. Yeah. yeah. But they're not, t- I mean, they wouldn't know otherwise. I suppose they. Uh... They probably see a lot of, well, over the last probably decade, 20 years, they probably see a lot of different cultures, different people come and they're yeah. starting to slowly accept that the world isn't just full of one culture. Mm-hmm. But it was, that was by far, I think, because that was just different. So you had to get a, after Sao Paulo, we had to fly to a different little village, then got driven to like a, a runway where I literally got into a plane with just me, the pilot, my brother, and all of his bags. <laughs> and then we got there. My brother rang his missus on the way there and was like, right, we're about 10 minutes away. Can you get, like, the cows off the runway? Like, that's how mad it was. And then land this plane. That must be such a good experience. Though. It was the best experience I've had. And Is it, like, jungle heat as well? Like you, Yeah, 40 yeah. odds. And, like, it was... Um, my niece and nephew were, like, babies at the time. My, my niece, like, just about to say I'm one. And they're just like jungle children. So like just naked, you know, no shoes, going around living life. But it's, they'll be so grateful and thankful yeah. for that when they're older. But that, that is insane. 
It was mad. And I, I can't, I haven't got a driver's license. I can drive a car, but I haven't got a driver's license. And he did like safari rides and stuff. So when my brothers, because I went there now, I would then help because it was obviously like a lodge where people would go from experience and it's quite, it's a bomb to go there like because it's so good yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. in the middle of nowhere because yeah. they'll fly you out, get your accommodation, your food, well, that, that all costs sorts. money. Like, yeah. yeah. So as a bomb and when I got there, I then helped in the kitchen and I would be like the chatting to all the guests because obviously the kitchen workers couldn't speak English so I would talk to them and then go in and have my phone and like I'd have to translate and talk to the, the lady in, in the kitchen. I remember I was like, doing some washing or something and I was trying to put the plates away and I think I just googled like Portuguese for here it was like Aki or something it was like Aki no <laughs> where's this go and then driving guests around so my brother could do like the lodge the uh, tours and stuff that does so sound just, insane it was mental insane and and uh, Melbourne obviously not as good but still a good experience yeah it, when I went there that was um, for me it was the experience that I thought oh I could I could settle down here and like live here well, you've got sunlight, you've got beaches. That's it. And it's just, um, it just, just a seems, wave of depression has just come. Yeah, it just goes. And I think it just seems that people just seem like the happier. I think it's like, um, sunlight does that to people. Yeah, it's true. Though, I mean, the winters are cold, like, but, but even then, I went, so I went, when I went to Melbourne, I said to my brother, I was meeting him for lunch. I think it was, it was winter, it was summer. I went in August, it was like 17 degrees over there. And I got on the tram, like a t-shirt. And they've all got like parkers on and they're looking at me shivering. Brother was like, have you come just that? I went, yeah, he yeah. was bloody freezing. You're like, no. I went, what? I said, this is a British summer. <laughs> like, yeah. This is roasting. Sunglasses on and uh, the beer on the tram and all sorts. It's, uh, I, I've not been to Australia, I'd love to go. It's, it's, and it just seems like, it's a whole different place, isn't it? Like it's literally just in the middle of nowhere. Well, the and chances of us going now are, oh, are yeah, very slim. So he, he um, cause I've, cause he lives there now. I've not seen him for like four years. Well, now they are years. letting um, let more in, yeah. letting more uh, tourists in if there's a connection between you and an Australian. Yeah, but it's very hard to go there. You can't go there on holiday. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can't. There's a, there has to be some sort of link or somewhere. No, he sent me the uh, thing the other day because it was like the age because they, they're so strict for like for all of it. Like obviously, like any mud in your shoes and you're going to be on. What's that? Nothing but nothing to declare straight away. <laughs> yeah. But um, they've, they've upped the age of like, where you can go and settle there now, because it was 30, and it's 35 now. Oh, is it? Oh, right. Yeah. And that takes, that's like a two year process, isn't it? Yeah, so you have to go, but you do like, because what my original plan was when I was when I was younger, but then I had, to, I had to work in my own country for a couple of years before I could teach abroad, was that um, you go and you do, I think it's six months out of a year on like a farm or something picking like whatever. And then you get like an additional two years on like a working visa just for doing that part oh, right. for the country kind of thing. And you, you can stay longer. Tick those boxes to be like, I'm inv I've invested my time in it basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm here for the long haul. I'm not going over there to take the piss. If you could, any other place that you would uh, want to go and see? I'd like to go. That you haven't done? Yeah, I'd like to go like, to East Asia, like maybe like Korea or Malaysia. I mean, I was thinking about it today. Um, I can't remember why. Oh, I was talking about, I was talking about, um, so this to the radio, my missus and, and um, BTS come on. Oh yeah. And they're, they're just, they're blown up. But they just like, the lads just seem so put together. And like, I think we just said, they seem so savvy. And like, there was another, there was a video and I think this was in China, but there was a McDonald's with an exercise bike in it. 
So oh. you could sit and eat your mac yeah, yeah, on the bike. I saw that, yeah, yeah. And I was like, some of these places like in East Asia, they just seem like the future. Yeah, it is it is mad. The techno like we yeah. think technology here is 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 big, but huge. They just huge seem like they just they just know stuff. That that band has made uh, quite a big uh, impact. They they've blown up, yeah. yeah Listen yeah. to that song of Coldplay. Is that who is? I, I, well, I mean, I know they've released one or two songs. They had, they had a song with Coldplay out, yeah, yeah, it's a good song. And Coldplay are quite big as it is anyway. Yeah, just UK and Korea coming together. That's what you'd love to see. <laughs> yeah. What um what what have you got planned uh, in terms of like personal goals, whether it be career or fitness? What what have you what do you want out of the next few months? Um, I think just becoming more consistent with what I do now. I like. I've been coming here since what September now, I think, mm. and like I've been enjoying it. I'm enjoying it more and more. Good as I come. Good. So I'd like to just keep that that up. I think work's difficult because I'm a lot in, of unknowns. Yeah, and like that's the thing. So it could be after Christmas, I could be off again for two weeks, or it could be locked down for however long. I've got online learning again. Uh, I think getting used to teaching younger children something that I'm st- I'm still developing. I'm getting better at it, which I and I enjoy it more. But that's really good to, you know, be at that position where you're like, you know that you're still yeah. learning, you're still trying to better yourself to do that. I think it's, yeah, and it's, it's important to pick out the positives from things. I think I said this to someone the other day, whenever you get observed or anything and someone says to you like, oh, how did that go? Yeah, we or, were talking about it. Yeah, 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 and I said, oh, it was you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. I just said like, you always start with the negatives. You always start with, I would have done this, would have done that. And you need to pick out the positive things that you've done and the things that you have done well. Yeah, it is a mindset. So I think... Yeah. And my miss asked me to watch the what's been your highlights in twenty twenty one this year. And we were thinking about it. So well, I've got a new job. Um, I joined a box and I really like it. And I, I feel fitter and I've just seen massive improvements in that. I bought a bike which I've been cycled in. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, um, in those cold, yeah. cold evenings, yeah. freezing cold, and guarantee that you're going to pop up That's with the bike. It. I mean, I, it looks dead flash. So I can't not <laughs> not use it anymore. If, if it was like black, I'd leave it home. But it's too flash <laughs> to be not cycling now. But no, I, um, just to carry on doing what I'm doing, I think. And, and people ask me that, I think sometimes they say, what do you want to do or whatever? And I just kind of say, keep doing what I'm doing. And sometimes it sounds a bit like you think you know it all, you know what you're doing, but well, not, you just got to... Yeah, I think if you're in a position where things are working out well, you're having fun, you're enjoying things, you're not taking things too seriously, and actually you've got really good balance, then why would yeah, you want to change You don't need to anything. tip it, anything, yeah. It's in the right, like everything's flowing in the right direction, it's all working well. So far, so good. So far, so good. Um, So fitness-wise, it's just, you know, a case of enjoying it, just go through the process. Yeah, I'm really liking it. I think the main thing I like at the moment is, like, the gymnastic part of things that come here. When I had me chat with Sophie the other day, it was um, talking about, like, getting me on the bar more and stuff like that, because I had an injury a couple of years ago. So sometimes it inhibits me in certain things. Okay. But um, I want to just keep doing things. I get more flexible massively. Building on that. Yeah. Um, Mobility-wise is a definite. I'm like the, the most unflexible person going. It's like that needs to change massively. Well, we you were doing, you've been making use of the app and yeah. doing the stretches. Has that, has that helped you? It has, yeah. yeah. I, I just, I feel better. I'm not like butter yet, but I do feel definitely better. That's the aim. That's the we've goal. Got the, we've got the before, we just need the afters. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll show you. Um, Sachi, we've run out of time for today, mate. Um, thank you very much for coming in. I appreciate um, you. Appreciate your time. And guys and girls, join us next week. <laughs>